welcome back to Deconstructing Damsels. I am your host, Jessica, and it's been a while, I know, but I have a whole bunch of content coming up for you in the next couple months. I mentioned this in my like little random update, but throughout the rest of the year, I am going to be having teeth pulled and I'm getting them fixed and I'm going to be so happy about that. But in the meantime, that means that content may be kind of spotty for a little while. But I have been reading more romance, which, if you remember, was a problem in my last one. And if you hear any squeaking, so sorry, that's my husband's chair, because I don't really want to move my other chair over here, because I like to scoot around when I get bored, because ADHD is a real thing. So, I wanted to let you guys know what's coming up in the next couple weeks, months, whatever. So... A little bit of housekeeping before we get the rest of this episode. One, I have got at least three books I'm going to be coming out content with. It's Dear Enemy, The Jake Ryan Complex, and Breaking Badger. When they come out, it will depend. Obviously, this is a Dear Enemy episode, and I hope you'll enjoy it. I love to make it sweet in February, and so I'm really excited to be able to talk to you about this one. It's by Kristen Callahan and God bless Kindle Unlimited because y'all, seriously, it's great having audiobooks available when you're commuting all the time. Other than that, <laughs> that's pretty much the main stuff coming up. Thank you guys so much for hanging out and for my patrons for sticking around. That includes the Elms sisters. That would be Jade and Dottie. And I also want to thank... Kelly from Boobies and Newbies because she's always supported this podcast and it's been amazing, as well as my new patrons, Lilith and Holly. Thank you guys so much for joining. <laughs> if you guys want to support the podcast, I know I have been really bad about updating and keeping things up, and I don't want you guys to think that I haven't been doing anything because I have. If you are a patron, for instance, you can get access to my review of Wicked Lovely, a Faye YA <laughs> from the early 2000s written by Melissa Marr. I am solely going through all of the books. It's just taking a little bit of time because the content is pretty serious. And if you're a mood reader, sometimes you just can't handle that. But if you would like to know more, you can always go to patreon.com slash damselspodcast and check out the different levels. I have Wallflower, Temptress... Bear love. And of course, there's always Carrie. I didn't want to leave her out of this because sometimes I forget. And I'm so sorry because Carrie is actually one of my better friends now. And that's thanks to the podcast. So that's kind of cool. All right. <laughs> enough about that stuff. Enough about the jibber jabberings talking. I'm trying to make this episode short for you guys because Dear Enemy is actually a pretty simple book to read. And I don't mean that pejoratively I mean simple as in it's easy it's quick it's enjoyable it's something you can get through and when you're in a mood and you don't want to overly think and you just want to like fall into the story this is a really good option so it starts off with Delilah Baker having to deal with her sister Samantha's inability to not steal shit from other people <laughs> how very complicated that is Samantha does a lot of things that Delilah kind of forces her out of and, or not forces her out, but like kind of gets her out of the situation. 
And this time it's Macon Saint, who they have a history with from high school era. And Macon was basically Delilah's <laughs> enemy, hence the dear enemy. He did not see her that way, but she saw him that way because of the actions he made. Like at one point he called her tater tot and of course everyone else followed through. And there was a lot of bullying and I'm, I'm going to say this now so I guess I should put a content warning but there is some bullying. It's described so you're not seeing it happening but you see it from Delilah's point of view so you actually might as well have been in that moment with her. It's been like 10, 15, 20 years something like that but it still has left a mark on her. So I wanted to point that out. I think it's been like 10 years, maybe a little bit more. Anyway, Naked Saint is, of course, the quarterback type style, you know, cool guy of the school. Samantha is, of course, the, you know, head cheerleader type. I mean, like, she reminded me a little bit of Jessica Wakefield. If Jessica Wakefield was... I don't know how to put it, but if Jessica Wakefield was a little less out there, because I mean, like, they both have a lot of, like, the same tendencies, but Jessica, I think, had a little bit more charisma than Samantha did. <laughs> Samantha was just mean. And other news, I don't like Samantha or Macon. I know, you're shocked. Macon had a lot going on. Actually, okay, so Macon is in a series very similar to Game of Thrones, which you know how much I love spoiler alert in 2020. It's the same type of idea of, you know, a new guy on the scene, kind of like making his way, doing stuff like that. Macon is a little less newer, but he's from a very rich family. You know, he comes from old Southern money, which I don't know how I feel about that because we know where old Southern money came from. But anyway, so he's from that blue-blooded, you know, southern idea. I just did not find him nearly as comforting or followable as I did in Spoiler Alert. And I think part of it is, is because Macon was a bully. He was horrible. He did the actions. And it feels like somewhere in the middle there's some retconning of things that happened in the relationship. And as we know, not a fan. I read this book again on Kindle Unlimited, so I don't necessarily have the book available anymore because I read a lot and I read really fast, especially when I'm going to school because I listen at two times the speed. I commute every morning four days a week to go to school, so I use that time to kind of deal with that. And it's like about 25 minutes, 30 minutes each way, so it took me a couple days to read it. I also listen when I cook as well, so I was catching up through that too. I think I just found Macon to be too many loose ends tied together, right? Because when you get into deeper into the story, you find out more, it makes a little bit more sense. But I think that there was an overcomplication of his character. Whereas Delilah, I loved because there was a lot to her, including like where she comes from, both you know, physically and all of that, but also her mental state, her mindset, what she does, why she does it, stuff like that really matters to me. And I felt like she was relatable. You know, she had been teased just endlessly by kids in high school, and so she had body image issues. And a lot of us do, you know, same thing with being too smart or being too driven or whatever it may be. 
And Delilah wasn't scholarly. She wasn't like, you know, a Hermione type character. But she was very focused, driven. And a lot of times that can kind of lead people off. And I thought it was very interesting her becoming a chef and finding that kind of value. Because if you've read Make It Sweet, this is the first one in the series. I didn't realize it was a series when I read Make It Sweet. So I read it in February. Adored it. Gave it like, I think... I think it was like nine and a half, ten stars out of ten. Easy, easy, like full five-star grade. This one I gave around three stars, and I think a lot of it was because of Macon. I couldn't connect with him, and for a hero, that's really important, because Delilah was easy to connect with. She was very honest and forthright and, you know, you understood where she was coming from at every point, especially because like her mom had been sick and her mom had health issues. And so she was constantly worried about upsetting her, doing things that could make it wrong. In other words, it was a very understandable positioning to be in. I don't really have that with Megan because he was, fuckboys of literature would hate him. Let's put it that way. He was very like Byronic, you know, the like closed off, deeply wounded, uh, not my deal. So it was very interesting to see how they got together and why they got together because I don't think it was necessarily a good match. Like, I loved her idea. She has this idea of creating this restaurant next to this taco stand and it would be like Southern comfort foods but with an edge, you know, reworking them. And I, I totally get that. Guys, I'm living in Germany and I have no access to like ground sausage. Just plain ground sausage, much less my chorizo. I'm going to have to make my own chorizo taco if I can ever find any ground sausage to make it with. It's just that way. And so you you don't have that. And I understand the needing to be feeling at home. So she lives in California. She was living in the South, obviously, before that. And so... There's a homesickness there, and I think that a lot of people that are transplanted in other places have that. And I loved how she did that. I thought it was amazing how, you know, the author let Delilah use that to her benefit and to use things that meant something to her and creating something she wanted. Because she'd run a very successful catering business. That's pretty cool. And that's actually how they met, because when Sam stole his watch that his mother gave him who his mother is now dead he called sam but the number was forwarded to her sister's phone or whatever and so all this stuff was going on it was this whole thing i liked it in the beginning because i like i'm not really an enemy of celebrities for the most part trope person i never have been that's just not really my deal but i liked the fact that there was a solid reason for this issue within their relationship and that was because Delilah felt completely hurt by what happened to her in high school and to be honest it was valid because the kids were ruthless with her in part because Macon made it okay and then her sister was also making it okay and when you put the two of them together that's a lot and she had a lot going on mentally in her own life as well because there was a lot of secrets going on and, well, not secrets, but things that happened. And I just, I thought it was very interesting. Along the way, you find out, because this is a spoilery thing, this is how I roll, 
you find out that she was adopted and you know she was adopted right around the time that samantha was born so they her mother thought she couldn't get pregnant so they adopted and they chose delilah and then they ended up having samantha so they were in the same grade same close enough in age that they were kind of in the same world and i appreciated that and i i liked the fact they put this in there because i think it sometimes is ignored but i also like the fact that like delilah has the option of contacting her family and she's chosen not to go that route because she's happy with the life she's got and i think it's often in books you find like trauma is like a centering force for a woman you know like oh this happened my life has to revolve around it and she's like okay i was adopted i was a baby i don't know these people and the bakers are my family this is who i have like it doesn't matter if i'm blood related to them or not this is my mom this is my dad this is my sister this is my unit and i i like the fact that it wasn't a big deal for her and i think that more books need to be honest about that and i don't mean that there's not issues and things come up i'm just talking about like not making someone's trauma being their sole defining feature and because she doesn't see it as a trauma like not being with her biological parents is nothing to her because she's got her family and besides as she put it like what happens if you know something else happens like you know what if her family had other kids but they kept them but they didn't keep her what if she has siblings or, or half siblings any kind of number of connections and does she really want to bring that into her life and she doesn't she's making this very solid decision and i love that that's one thing i find amazing about delilah is her strength of character and conviction and i think that's why i don't like macon because macon bullied delilah because he wasn't happy with himself and i can't make that person into a hero i don't care how much you redeem them if you spent like a chunk of the time they knew each other whether it's on page or not doing nothing but torturing them making them feel worthless or you know choosing to be mean i that's not a hero to me and that's why i couldn't give this book such high marks a lot of the marks came from delilah a lot of the high marks came from delilah and her ability to go through set things she has boundaries she works through them she's like okay this is not working this is all that kind of stuff really works for me in a book i love that so i i think that samantha and macon were kind of the downline because like his name is macon saint he is obviously rich his nickname in high school was saint or what other people call him and her sister is has her own issues i'm not going to say what she has because i don't want to give all of the story away but she has her own issues her own blocks her own problems but it feels like she's kind of taking it out on delilah and i'm not okay with that either I feel like this book really truly could have been better if they had established Macon a little bit more like he was sorry blah 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 but the thing is is like you hear him say it you see him have this grand gesture at the end but I didn't believe it for him you know it's kind of like <laughs> I was recently watching something on YouTube about Sean and Angela and Boy Meets World sean and angela had very big problems in their high school years like their relationship was not always great especially when like sean became an alcoholic when they were in college and early maybe late high school but he had all these issues and 
he and Angela worked on them, I felt like Macon didn't work on anything. And that was a problem for me. Because if you want me to believe he's truly sorry, you can't just give someone something and say, I'm done. Like, you have to... I don't even need the grovel. I need the growth. I need to see the progression. I need to see what made you change. I need to see what made you count. Like, almost retconning it at the end does not work for me as a romance. In addition, he was keeping her in the dark over some pretty serious topics going on. Topics that her sister was involved in. And it wasn't great. And there was a lot of problems with how this was working. And then, like, the situation was resolved basically off page. And I'm like, but you've been building up all this anxiety and issues and all this, and it's gone. And the romance is basically, like, quickly fixed. And I'm just, the pacing was off. And I will say, I've noticed that with some Amazon books, Amazon printed books, I should say, that sometimes the editing doesn't always feel like it's putting forth the best book. And this is one of those cases, again, where I think if someone had gone through and just eliminated like maybe three or four things going on, like with Saint and all his issues, and if they had like focused on things more and given more attention, it would have been better. But they didn't. And I think that the book suffers for that. I mean, I've read some books that have had amazing Amazon editing, even though I've given them like a lower grade. But the the consistency and the pacing and the overall working of the arcs are really important to me. I'm sure you guys have noticed that. And if it's off, I cannot buy the romance. And this is one of those where I just, I could not buy the romance because I couldn't believe in Macon's decisions and his possibilities unfortunately and I'm sorry to say that because I really wanted to but do I recommend the book now see that's a different question because I do but I recommend it if you're going to be moving forward to to make it sweet because make it sweet was so much more detailed and honest and I think it showed a little bit more character growth than this one did well Delilah had a lot of character growth making not so much but it make it sweet the two leads you felt their romance you felt their closeness you saw where they were getting along and this one it felt more like the middle part of the book almost felt like a way of building the romance but then the back maybe 10 15 percent kind of undid all that hard work for me and so I recommend reading this one if you're going to read make it sweet they're not necessarily connected I should be truthful but Delilah and Macon show up a little bit and make it sweet and it'll make much more sense. It made much more sense to me reading that and reading Make It Sweet. So read this book if you're going to read Make It Sweet and I highly, 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 highly recommend Make It Sweet. It was one of the books that I loved in February. I don't know if I would count this as a very high read, however. Again, it was like three stars, not even three and a half or five stars for me. I use the cow pile system now, and it's a pretty good way of measuring things like intrigue, stuff like that. But there's no romance category, so I just created my own and just kept it out of the numbers. But, you know, this one had like maybe a four and a half, five out of ten romance scale. And I just think that it was because they were leading up to something really good, but 
the character did not match the actions, did not match the overall plot line. However, again, I do highly think this is a good author. Kristen Callahan is very good at what she does. I believed it. I, I believed what she was writing on the pages when it came to Delilah. So when I say I believed, I mean I believed Delilah's arc. You know, she's very honest about things. I think that's very important. And she's actually good at putting in trauma without it necessarily defining what's going on. And by this, by trauma, I don't just mean like assault or, you know, stalking or death of a parent. I don't mean that kind. I just mean trauma to the person in a way that shakes up their life, right? Like losing a job or losing that security because a job is security in the real world and romance is based somewhat in the real world I think it's how we connect to the characters is by having something that we can relate to and you know there are other instances of trauma of like a pet passing away or losing some kind of freedom you thought you had because I don't know maybe you're sick for like a month and so suddenly you're dependent on someone else the trauma does not have to be something so defining that it becomes the only part of the character arc and I, I think that Callahan does a good job of balancing that out honestly I don't say that very often there's a lot in here that I enjoyed Delilah's love of food and the way she shows love through it is something that I totally got and there's one scene in this book where she's making food and it's so obvious and I smiled and I loved it and I appreciated how it was built and why it was built and it was just terrific. I thought it was amazing and I think that if you want a character, a lead heroine who is confident, not necessarily all the time, but confident in her abilities to be what she wants and I think that's totally on point. I highly recommend that part alone. So again, three out of five stars, recommended reading for Make It Sweet, but also for Delilah. She didn't take any shit, and I, we all know that's kind of like my mainstay in this podcast, right? Don't take shit. You read what you are, right? I love this for being an end of Jan, uh, end of January, end of July <laughs> read and kind of helping round out a month where I hadn't been reading a lot of romance, but again, Kindle Unlimited has got a lot and I'm not sponsored by them when I talk about it. I'm talking about it as someone who lives in Germany and does not have access to audiobooks through the local library for the most part. There are 10 English audiobooks within my library system. That's it. None of them are romance, so I kind of have to go with what I got. And I like that, you know, I have that option in Kindle, and I like the fact that I can just read a bunch of different stuff. I've also been reading a couple of other books, like I mentioned, the Jake Ryan complex, the 1980s nostalgia fangirl will have that one up sometime soon, probably in early September near my birthday, actually. I think I may want to do that one. Because I just have all the feels about John Hughes and some things in the movies. Some good, some not bad. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> but I, I like the fact that I can access these kind of feelings. And I chose Dear Enemy for August because it is back to school month. This does deal 
very heavily with high school and I thought that was a good idea. <laughs> so other than that, I don't really have too many round outs to end up this episode. So I may let you guys go as if I'm holding you here or I'm your teacher. I don't know. You know what? I just said it was school. So whatever. Like I said before, please be aware that my teeth will start being pulled again at the end of August. So I will be in and out. There's a little bit of gum trauma for that <laughs> sometimes. So we'll see how that goes. And then I'll have to get fitted and all that kind of other stuff. But then, hopefully, by the end of the year, this list will be gone again. We're working on it. If you guys have any questions, if you want to find me, you can always find me on Twitter at Damsel's Podcast. You can also find me at damselspodcast at gmail.com. I have a couple of emails I need to return. I'm sorry. I had two weeks off and I did nothing but read. I'd had like two weeks of nothing but German grammar and I needed a break. And now I'm back to German grammar. So I'm trying to avoid doing some homework sometimes. Let's see how that goes. It is what it is. <laughs> if you've ever looked at German grammar and wanted to cry, imagine having to learn nominative, accusative, and dative in like three days each or less. I don't know, whatever. Either way, it's too fast. So I'm trying to catch up and avoid doing homework, which means more time online again for the podcast. I'm probably going to be on Twitter more than anything just because it's easier when I'm on my breaks in class. Also, when I come home, if you want to go to patreon.com slash podcast, please sign up. There will be access to things. If you have suggestions for books that are on Kindle Unlimited, God, please, yes, give me. Email, Twitter, best options. I know there's a lot that's been going on in Romancelandia lately, especially with the Vivian Awards, but I don't really want to talk about that right now because I think that there are other people that have said it much better, and I cannot, so we're just going to call that a draw. But I will do one more thing before I leave. I'm going to plug... Violet Gaze Press. It's a small press run by Brittany. They have authors like Rebel Carter, Marie Lascombe, I think is how you say her name, Allie. There are a bunch of people, and I want to point them out because they are a small press. They had issues with Amazon earlier this year. Romance community rallied hard around them, as did other organizations, writing organizations, and that was very good to see. But I, I want to plug them because, again, they're a small press. And I think that we need to uplift those in romance because you can find so many things you wouldn't see. And they are on Kindle, which is another reason why I'm talking about them. I'm going to try and review at least one of their books. I don't know which one. Maybe in September. And we'll see how that goes. The next episode should be Breaking Badger because I got the art. You guys don't know how much I love the Pride series. You guys just don't know how much I love Honey Badgers. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Shelley Lornston is like one of my favorite authors. I hope you have a good day. I hope your day gives you at least one moment of fantasticness. And then I hope it amplifies and multiplies and just becomes the greatest moment in the week for you. I hope that every day because I hope every person has every 
every day should have a moment of joy and peace and love and feeling fulfilled. And I want that for you. I'm so glad to be back, guys. And more episodes will be dropping randomly. I haven't decided when or where, but I have those backups and I'm going to let them out earlier than later. So you may find a random episode in between the episodes that I talk about. Be on the lookout. Bye, guys. <laughs> I miss you all so very much and thank you for sticking around. You have no idea how much your check-ins and patience and stuff means. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you.